Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. As always, my name is Evan Smoke, and I'm your resident fire here. And about three hours southeast of me at the Institution of Georgia Southern is Bryson Wheeler, the local ice. Jackson, one of our correspondents, is here with the weekly news update. The Braves get off to a good start in a huge four-game series versus the Mets with a 13-1 win last night. Vaughn Grisham has been a huge part of the Braves' success since his call-up. Mike Soroka starts his rehab assignment tonight with a start at single-A ball. The Braves extend their 21-year-old Michael Harris to an eight-year, $72 million contract. Fernando Tatis gets an 80-game suspension for PEDs. We are just two, two weeks away from college football and three weeks away from the NFL. And this is your weekly sports news. Thank you very much for that, Jackson. And as you can tell, I wrote that all that you know, yesterday. So, like, the 13 to 1 win was two days ago. We won again last night, though. Huge win. We'll get into the MOB and a lot of the Braves stuff because there's been tons of Braves news since then. But let's jump into college football first off. We're going to hit some NFL next week. Go ahead and give some preseason stuff there. But let's kind of pretty much just about wrap up college football. And I want to start with our conference winners. And let's start off in the SEC first. We all know who we're probably both going. I know I'm going Alabama. I'm sure you're going Alabama. I'm sure we're both picking Georgia to face them in the championship. But do you disagree with any of that I've just said? And if if you do agree, who is a sleeper team that you could see making it from either side? I would go Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship, both being undefeated when they meet. Um, and if anyone else make it, I think it would have to be A&M beating Alabama. And while I think Alabama is so much better than anybody else, I think that the West is way more loaded than the East. So if anyone wasn't there in Atlanta, I feel like it would be a it would be Alabama and not Georgia. Yeah, and I'm going to just say right here, I don't see really any possibility of any other teams making it to Atlanta besides Alabama and Georgia. I can't see A&M, even if they somehow, which I don't even, I can't fathom in any kind of reality that A&M beats Alabama. If they did, A&M's still losing three more games, and Alabama's not, so Alabama's still making it. Georgia, on the other hand, I do kind of think they slip up somewhere on the schedule. I just do not think that they have the talent they did last year to go 12-0. and 0. I th- They don't have that gauntlet of a defense this year. I do think they drop a game somewhere, but like I said in the West, somebody's going to slip up more than them, whether it's Tennessee who knocks them out, South Carolina, Florida. All three of those teams are still going to win, lose three to four games, and Georgia's not losing more than one. So I do not see any other way it's an any matchup other than Georgia and Alabama. What do you think, Jackson? Yeah, Alabama and Georgia are definitely the juggernauts in the SEC. Uh, I don't see Alabama slipping up any games. I don't really see them playing too many close games this year. And I got Alabama coming out of the SEC against Georgia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I predicted Alabama as my bold prediction last week to win every game by 10-plus, and I'm firmly standing by that. But let's jump to the ACC real quick. And Clemson is your favorite, minus 140 to win the division. But then you have a slew of teams right after them that I could who could easily win it. Now, Pittsburgh has the second-best odds. I do not see that this year. I think they're going to take a huge step back after losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. We'll see with that. 
Miami at plus 700 is another team I think can do it with Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback. North Carolina State and Devin O'Leary, really, really good quarterback there. And then North Carolina and Wake Forest are two teams that are plus 1,200 and plus 1,400. I could see, you know, at least making the championship game. Who knows, maybe winning it. Wake Forest with Sam Hartman, depending on if he can come back from his injury or medical, whatever's wrong with him. If he can come back, they're going to be a really, really solid team. But I definitely have Clemson winning. I have them going undefeated. And I have them – I'll just go ahead and say I have them in my playoffs. I know you disagree with that, Evan, so go ahead and give us your rundown. Yes, I don't remember the divisions. If it's if NC State and Clemson can meet in the championship, yeah. that's what I would take. No. They, they cannot. Can I think it would be NC State-Miami. Okay, right. yes. That's right. I agree with that. because In the other side, you have North Carolina, Miami, Virginia, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Duke, Georgia Tech. I mean, I, I think Miami wins that fairly handily. I do not understand the Pittsburgh, as already mentioned. I think it's Clemson and Miami as well. Clemson beats them fairly handily. Their defense is just way too good this year. But, Evan, do you have Clemson winning it? No, I have NC State beating Clemson in the, play, in the regular oh. season. Okay. I have NC State in Miami and NC State winning the ACC. I got you. Okay. Jason, what you yeah, got? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Clemson and Miami. And then, of course, Miami's always overrated. So, Clemson's going to beat them by probably 20 points. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump to the Big Ten. And, you know, after not really see much else happening there, who knows? We could see Michigan, Michigan State, some other te- – Wisconsin's getting a lot of hype. Who knows how those teams. But I have Ohio State winning this handily. I have them facing, I guess, I'm looking at it right now. I think Minnesota's going to be a sneaky good team with Mo Ibrahim coming back at running back. He's a really good running back, top five in the country. I was going to take a huge step back. Wisconsin's the only other contender with Allen this year. He's going to be a stud. I, I'm going to go with a sleeper. Minnesota. I have Ohio State throttling them, though. What is your prediction, Evan? You actually stole it. I I, I thought Minnesota was going to make it too. Um, I I don't like the West in the Big Ten this year. Um, So I was going to take Minnesota and Ohio State, very similarly, Ohio State, Kate walking them in Indianapolis and go in to playoff. All right, Jackson? I definitely Ohio State coming out of the East. I'm not entirely sure who I got coming out of the West, but I don't really think it matters. Because Ohio State's (laughs) going to win my three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, well, let's jump to the Big 12, and it's just the top two teams. There's no divisions here, and this one is really tough to me because I think there's about three or four teams who really could compete for this. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. Mm. I've not put much thought into this. I'm definitely going with Oklahoma as one of my teams. I don't want to say Texas because I don't want to put too much hop on them this early. Baylor – I'll, I'll go with Baylor. I'll go Baylor, Oklahoma. I like Blake Shape and their quarterbacks in Oklahoma in the championship, and I'll have Oklahoma beating them. What is your thoughts, Evan? I have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I got Bedlam again. But there's a fifth team. Kansas State is going to be a lot better than people think. They're a good sleeper pick. I don't think they make it to the top two, but they could definitely be three right on the looks outside looking in. Deuce Vaughn's a great running back for them. People sleep on him. He's top five probably in the nation as well. 
All right, Jackson, what's your prediction? Yeah, I'll be taking Oklahoma and Baylor and then Oklahoma edging them out in the championship. All right. Well, let's jump to the Pac-12. And it's a three-team race here. I think it's USC, Utah, and Oregon. I don't see any way any other team wins it. And So, in the north, I have Oregon making it. I think Oregon State could possibly give them a run. People are sleeping on Oregon State. Oregon State's going to be an eight-win team this year. They're going to be a really solid team. If Oregon slips up a few times, watch out for Oregon State to possibly take the north. But the south, it's USC or Utah. You know we're all over the Utes this year. I'm going with the Utes and Cam Rising and Tavion Thomas at running back. I think they're just too powerful. And then I have Utah over Oregon and Utah making the playoffs as well. What are your thoughts, Evan? I have Utah, but if correct me if I'm wrong, somebody fact check me. I think the Pac-12 changed it this year. It's the top two teams. I do not think it's divisions anymore. Okay. Yeah, they might have done that. I think I do remember them saying something like that. If that, that is happens, the case, it's I might go Utah, USC. Yeah, that's I might right. go with that. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your thoughts? Yeah, if that's correct, I will definitely take Utah and USC, and then Utah as your amount. So three yeah. Utahs? Yeah, three Utahs. I like it. All right, well, just for the Georgia Southern people here who may be listening, let's go ahead and hit the Sun Belt. Now, I don't think any of us are picking Georgia Southern to win it. I do think they have a much improved season from last year. We won three games last year, correct? Correct. Our win total is four and a half this year. I think I've hammered that already. Do I think we're going to go seven and five, eight and four? No, but I see six wins out of this team, at least five. But um, in the top, let's you've got Coastal, App State, Georgia Southern. I'm rolling with App State to win there. In the bottom half, you've got Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, Texas State. I'm going with Lafayette. I know they lose Billy Napier. They lose a lot of talent. Montreal Johnson at running back transfers to Florida. I think that they still have too much talent left from that roster that Napier built. But I have App State winning the Coastal. What are your thoughts, Evan? Yep, I have App State over Louisiana Lafayette. All right, Evan. I mean, uh, Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. Uh Louisiana is probably going to run Group B, and then App State is uh, definitely the best team in the whole conference, so I'll take App State over Louisiana. All right, let's go to the AAC real quick. And, Evan, it's the top two teams, correct? I believe so. All right, so I'm rolling with Houston as one of my teams and definitely Cincinnati, and I have Cincinnati winning. I'm still really high on this Cincinnati team. I think they have a lot of talent still. People are sleeping on them. I think they could go 11-1 and or undefeated this year. What are your thoughts, Evan? I have Cincinnati and UCF. Cincinnati beating UCF. Okay. Jackson? I'll be taking Cincinnati and UCF, too. All right. Evan, are there any other conferences you want to hit real quick? Nope. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into our playoff predictions. And I've already said two of mine, and you can guess the other two probably. I have Alabama as my one, my two. I think both run the table and win pretty much every game handily. I think Clemson's my three. I think they run the table. And I think Utah is my four, but I do think they drop a game somewhere, whether it's week one to Florida whether it's to Oregon, USC, whoever it is, get upset by somebody. I think they do drop one. But I think it's going to be just enough, and I think Georgia's going to be left out 
on the outside at five. I already mentioned, I think they slip up somewhere, just not quite having that ultra-talented team that they had last year. Still really good, talented team, and my, they have the third-best odds, in my opinion, to win the championship, and they should. But, like I said, I think they slip up somewhere, and even if they don't, I think Alabama's going to beat them handily. And if they're undefeated with no really good wins going into that and lose handily to Alabama, what's going to look better? The Pac-12 winner in Utah with a win over Florida, Oregon, USC, some of those teams? Or is it going to be Georgia with who got throttled in the championship? We'll have to see. I'm going with uh, Utah as my four, Clemson three, Ohio State two, Alabama one. I'll have Alabama beating Utah fairly handily. I'll go Ohio State over Clemson fairly close, and then I'm going Alabama in a really, really good championship game. I think them and Ohio State are very, very closely uh, ranked and should be, but what are your thoughts, Evan? So, yeah, we, we know my thoughts on Clemson. We, I don't think they're going to win the ACC. I think NC State's already going to have a loss, and I think, like I said, I think Georgia's going to go undefeated in the regular season. Um, it's going to be very similar to this year. I think it's going to go Alabama 1, uh, the Big Ten champion two being Ohio State, Georgia three, and Utah four. Um, I would probably put Alabama and Ohio State in my championship. I do love my dogs, but I do this Ohio State team is too good right now. Maybe the Georgia team surprises me throughout the season. Um, and then I do have the Crimson Tide claiming the title again. All right. Jackson, who do you have? Uh, very similar to y'all, but I'll have Alabama one, Ohio State two. But I'll have uh, Utah at three and Georgia at four because I think they would put – a undefeated Utah above a one-loss Georgia, regardless regardless if it's to Bama or not. They would, but I mean, are you thinking Utah runs table? Because I really don't. I do see them dropping a game somewhere. The schedule is just really hard, in my opinion. I'm telling you, I know Florida is not that team that they usually are, but week one in the swamp facing a dynamic quarterback such as Anthony Richardson is really hard to game plan for. I don't think they're going to be ready for the humidity and heat. I am picking Utah, but it's by the slightest of margins. And then they've got Oregon, USC, like I said, both really good teams. So we'll see about that. Evan, do you think Utah goes undefeated? I do not. I think they lose the game. All right. Well, do y'all have anything else on the playoffs before we get into the Heisman? I do not. All right, well, let's jump into our Heisman pick. Before, before we start that, can we talk about how terrible Odorizzi is? I've been watching this game as we started the podcast. He's thrown at least 20 pitches right down the middle, and he's thrown 24 pitches. Yep, and the Braves yep. are currently losing 4 nothing off of three homers. Yeah, I'm getting over tonight. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into the Heisman race. And I've made a list of my top ten. Let me find it real quick. Evan, do you want to go ahead with yours while I'm finding this? I don't have a top ten. There's three guys that are going to be able well, to yeah. win it. No, you can just get whoever. I was just pulling up top mine list that I made. This is what's going to happen. It's either going to be Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. And I think this is going to be Will Anderson's year. I think he's going to have such a free campaign that a, that a non-offensive player is going to win the Heisman. I mean, I like it, and here's the thing, another big reason why. They have Dallas Turner on the opposite side of him. People can't just game plan to stop Will Anderson. Dallas Turner is a bad man, and he's going to tear up defense. Even if you do plan for him, it's just going to be nasty for teams who play them. I think Will Anderson goes crazy. He's plus 2,000 to win it. But here's my list real quick. Number 10, Jackson Dart. 
Nine, Caleb Williams. Eight, Travion Henderson. Seven, B. John Robinson. Six, Jordan Addison. Five, Jameer Gibbs. Four, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Three, C.J. Stroud. Two, Will Anderson. And, of course, I have Bryce Young winning it. I think he's going to put up monster numbers this year. I think him and Jermaine Burton are going to be a great duo. Uh, Jackson, who's your pick? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Will Anderson. I mean, he was just such a beast last year. I mean, it's unreal what he is doing at such a young age and coming back just to wreak havoc on the nation once again. Will Anderson at, what was it you said, plus 2,000. 2,000. All right. Well, can y'all give me a sleeper pick for the Heisman? I know I don't have the odds up, but I want somebody plus 5,000 or more that y'all think could very well easily be a contender at least. Okay, I know this is going to sound somewhat homer, but if Utah or Georgia somehow made it, had a really great undefeated year, Reisig or Stetson could be in the conversation. I mean, because that's what's yeah. going to happen. Because both of those teams are going to have to be led by, like, offensive production, you know, especially in the big-time games. Rising yeah. – more rising than Stetson, but obviously. I think yeah. if Utah does – I think – on Thomas, I think he could be a contender, possibly. I don't even know if uh, Tavion Thomas don't even have odds on here. That's what's that? Like a million mm, plus twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, that's about right. But um, I'll go with two guys, both at plus sixty six hundred, and one I had him as a sleeper last year. Definitely didn't pan out. But it's Malik Cunningham, quarterback for Louisville. Dynamic runner, really good arm. I think if he could put it all together, he could be definitely a contender. And then the other one is Braylon Allen. He put up over 1,200 yards last year for Wisconsin at running back. We know what Wisconsin running backs can do. Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, the list goes on and on and on. I think he could be a contender plus 6,600. Jackson, do you have a guy? Uh, I saw Spencer Rattler at plus 8,000. South Carolina is really rebuilding that program they got over there, bringing in some transfers. And then if South Carolina, you know, gets a spark and wins, what, 10, 11 games? Who says Spencer Rattler shouldn't be husband? Well, you know I've said I love Spencer Rattler. And then you can look at – I keep saying that I think they're uh, Georgia's toughest game of the year is week three at South Carolina. If he knocks them off right there and they end up winning at 19 games, he's going to be a contender if he plays like he's capable of. So I kind of like that. All right, do you have anything else college football before we jump into the MLB? No. All right, well. Hey, hey, Bryson. What'd you say? I said I'm going to have to get off. I've got my phones blowing up, so I need to handle this. Something must be going wrong. All right. Well, have fun. Me and Jackson will finish this. So, me and Jackson are here. We're going to talk a little MLB to wrap up. Evan had to leave. It's all good, though. First thing we're going to talk about is the Braves and Mets series. Just the series as a whole. The Braves came in down five and a half games. Big four-game series. We win game one, 13-1. We win game two, 5 nothing. Well, that's correct, right? 5-0 nothing yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Two really big wins. We're down 4 nothing currently. I hope that changes. We're down three and a half now in the division. But what are your thoughts on this so far and how the Braves have, you know, bounced back after losing four or five to them just a couple weeks ago? Well, uh, I think the Braves were 
were, were mad after leaving New York last time. And so we t- took out our anger on poor Red Sox and Marlins. Then we were waiting for the Mets to come back. We were, we've been waiting ever since we left New York. And then uh, game one, we come out firing and beat them 13-1. to one. It, it was really a statement game. And then next game. The ne- uh, the next game after we win five nothing. It's a uh, it's really I'm really uh, glad to see the bats uh, come alive all throughout the lineup. I know sometimes we'd have streaky hitters like Ronald will go four for four one night and then go over the next three days or I don't know. Riley's been insane all year. I will say that. Other than that, and but it's good to see the bats uh, wake up all throughout the lineup and really. Uh, throw some crooked numbers up there, as Coach Evans would say. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, the next guy I want to talk about, he got called up about a week ago, and it's Vaughn Grissom. He homers in Fenway Park in his MLB debut. He's played seven games, currently has two homers, four RBIs, batting 400 with a 1.184 OPS and a 221 OPS+. plus. <laughs> that means he's 121% better than the average MLB hitter. Now, I know it's only been seven games, but this dude rakes. He's raked all in the minor leagues. I really want to see if he can play left field and we can put him out there every day when Ozzy comes back. Who knows? I don't know if he can catch fly ball. I'm sure he can. He's really athletic, really good hitter. But let's look back even in his minor league stats because people don't realize how good a minor league player he was. In three years, he hit 315 with an 867 OPS, had 24 homers and 103 RBIs. Now, that's not playing in every game every day in 162 uh, game series or game year. So if you convert that to 164 game, uh, 162 game season, he's hitting about 18 homers per year. That's really good. He's got pop. He hits for average. The dude just hits a baseball. What are your thoughts on Von Grissom and the Braves? How they have not lost since he's been called up. Oh, Von Grissom is exactly the piece we've been we've been missing ever since Ozzy has went down. I know we've thrown. Uh, Orlando, and we've thrown who else we throw at second? Uh, Adrianza, a couple games, Robinson Cano. Yeah, uh, they were okay. They weren't Ozzy Albies, of course, but Von Grisham's came in and really has been a, the spark we've needed to go on this, what is it, eight game winning streak? Yes. All right. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is Freddie Tarnook getting the call up for the Braves. He's a guy who got called up to AAA about three weeks ago after shoving in AA. And I said, I think he gets called up very soon. And we saw it happen even more sooner than I thought. Now, we have not seen him debut yet for the Braves. But if you look at his minor league stats, he's been really phenomenal this year. In Gwinnett, he had a 2.03 ERA in five starts. In Rome, he had... A two six or in Mississippi he had a two six ERA and nine starts. In Rome before that he did struggle a little bit, but once he got the call up double A, he's been absolutely shoving. He's a guy with really great strikeout stuff. Ten strikeouts per nine in his career. Ten point eight this year. Fifteen point two last year. Absolutely shoves. Ready to see what he can do as a Brave. What are your thoughts on Tarnook and what do you expect out of him? Oh yeah, I'm really excited for this kid. It's just another piece in our bullpen. It, some guy that can burn a few innings. We don't have to waste any valuable arms. But I'm really excited to see what he can do. High strikeout numbers. And uh, just really excited overall. 
All right, well, speaking of strikeouts, we got to see Mike Soroka absolutely shove in his rehab start. It's been two years since he's pitched. He made his rehab first rehab start in single A uh, yesterday or two days ago? All, two it's days all ago. Run. Yeah, wait, no, it was yesterday because it's Tuesday. But he strikes out eight in four innings, had eight through three, three perfect innings, goes out for the fourth, ends up giving a couple base runners. He gave up a hit and an error. Braves just hit into a dull play. Lovely. But, um, so, Soroka looked great. I'm hoping he can be even half the pitcher that he was when he was healthy. Do I think he comes up this year? I kind of do. I'm not sure when or in what form if he may come out of the bullpen, if we're going to throw him, you know, try to just get four or five ends out. I'm not sure. If we do see him, though, I think it's going to be at least mid to late September. I don't think they're in any rush to bring him up. We've seen how rushing, getting him back has been for him. It has not worked out well. What are your thoughts on Soroka? Yeah, really excited to see him uh, be back in the minors, getting some uh, pitches in, and uh, coming out and striking out, did you say eight? Yes. (laughs) Eight and four innings? Yeah, that's very impressive. I mean, the last time we've seen him, he – he had a three nine five ERA, which is I was a little. That was only in three starts. I was a little worried though if he could bounce back after this injury, but uh, it definitely helped my confidence after seeing that. Yesterday. Absolutely, I mean I bought a lot of his rookie cards and autographs after yesterday, just hoping the price will go up. But couldn't get much lower right now. He hadn't pitched in two years. Two other kind of minor call ups that we had: Chadwick Tromp. He had a really strong game the other night for us. Had three doubles. He's now on the 10-day DL. Kirby Yates, another guy who got caught up. I'm really high on Yates. He's not pitched in two years as well, though. He's got to shake the rust off. Don't worry, Braves fans. He's going to be great. Just give him a little time. Last thing I want to talk about is the Michael Harris contract extension. He gets eight years, $72 million. While I do like the money we're getting him for at 90 year, it's a little early to me, in my opinion, for him to be getting such a long contract extension. Now, I'm not saying I hate it because, like I said, you're paying the guy $9 million a year. If it don't work out, that's not much you lose. But five months ago, he was in single A ball. <laughs> and now we're extending him for eight years, $72 million. It just seems a little fast to me. I'm not totally opposed to it, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh I'm pretty sure the news broke in the middle of the game yesterday, <laughs> which threw us off completely. But, yeah, I absolutely love Michael Harris. Don't get me wrong, but the kid's, what, 21 and a half years old? Yeah. He's played 50 games. Yeah. I think it is a little early, but the kid is definitely special, so I don't hate it. All right. Well, do you have anything else in the MLB? Uh, other than the Yankees sucking, that's about yeah, it. Yeah, they have been terrible. I've been cashing on the Rays the last few days. <laughs> But let's get into our bold predictions, and I'll start off with mine while you're coming up with yours. I'm going to go back to college football. I'm going to roll with Clemson, as I said. I know Evan's been hating on Clemson, so it just makes me want to show the love I have for him even more and more. This defense is nasty. Now, I understand they do worry me at wide receiver. They have Joseph Ingata. I think he's a solid receiver. Other than that, I'm really worried. They have Will Shipley at running back, who's going to be a great pass catcher and runner for them. My prediction comes at the quarterback spot, though. I think Cade Klubnick starts at quarterback by week five. I don't. I have not even looked at their schedule, who they play up till then. I think Klubnick's going to take the starting job for Mui Angolale. Klubnick's one of the best high school prospects we've seen in a while at quarterback. 
Oh, no, did Alonzo. Okay, I thought Alonzo just hit another homer. <laughs> Klovnik, really good quarterback. I think he's going to take over by week five. And as I've said, I'll just add on to the bold prediction, Clemson goes undefeated, makes the playoffs with Cade Klovnik at the realms as a true freshman. So what's your prediction, Jackson? All right, I got to pull it up. Pulled up right now. Uh, October 8th, Texas A&M goes in to Alabama. And loses by 40. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> but I do think Texas A&M will win the game because it's a bold prediction, and I can say whatever I want. Texas A&M wins the game in Alabama by two points. All right, well, as you can tell by the silence, I'm a little dumbfounded. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go the exact opposite with another bold prediction. <laughs> Alabama wins by 35-plus. They are mad after last year, after everything that's happened in the offseason with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Nick Saban is mad. Everybody can say what they want to about this A&M team. They're overhyped. They don't have a quarterback right now, in my opinion. I don't care who they throw out there, Haynes King, I don't even know who else they have. I don't care who else they have. All their five stars that they got this past year, none of them are going to play much. Walter Nolan may get a little time at DT. And, um, oh, gosh, the wide receiver. Evan Stewart may get a little playing time at wide receiver. I'm not high on this A&M team. I think Bama wins at home by 35-plus. I think Nick Saban keeps the pedal to the metal, and they win. Fair enough. All right, well, do you have any last words? Uh, freak the Mets. <laughs> well, go Braves, go Hawks, go Falcons.